0: Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick, and I'll be your host. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you've been here before, welcome back. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about more information, anxiety, in your future. We are building a movement of motivated and lean communicators. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. I am the managing director and founder of the Brief Lab, where we help individuals and organizations master brevity, how to get to the point. As you may know, this podcast is about some really important issues that affect you as a communicator in the world that you live in, so I'm really happy that you're here. Today's topic is a troubling one, and it's around the how immersive information is for us. And it's, it's a constant theme for us in this podcast because as communicators, we need to recognize that the environment we live in today is a difficult one to communicate in. People are bombarded with information. with overload. They're overloaded with information. And what we need to, to do is to recognize that this is our new reality. So why am I talking about more information anxiety is on our way? Well, there's a new movie coming out. It's called Ready Player One. And if you're not familiar with it, I recommend you at least watch the trailer because it's a troubling dystopian view, in my opinion, depressing, about what awaits us in the future. And what's happening in this movie? It's set in the movie tw- in the in the year 2045, and it's a it's an immersive virtual reality world. It's called the Oasis, and people are playing this game where they put on this virtual reality headset and they go to this world, and. It's it's they're trying to escape the harsh reality of the world, and in one point, in the movie. Um, the the protagonist of the movie says, "It's the only place that feels like I mean anything," and he's talking about the oasis, this virtual world, where when you put on this headset, this VR headset or this virtual reality headset, he sees in vivid video, an immersive real world, that he that he plays game in and it's, it feels exactly like the world that he lives in, but it's promising. He's leaving sort of this world that's very troubling and dire and you see the scene of, of you know, destruction and depression and, and then he puts on this headset and it's just absolutely amazing. So the movie is about that and, and much more, but it really is projecting out right, 2045, you know, 30 plus years from now, what you know what that world for us might look like so when we think about this why does this matter well i think it matters for a couple reasons one is because virtual reality is something that people have been talking about for a long time and it's not um it's not something that you know you can just have a singular opinion on it's good or it's bad. You can make kind of moral judgments of these of virtual reality. But really, what does it represent potentially for our society? Well, in the case of this movie, it is it's amazing. You see this and it's just so cool. Um, how could it be something that people wouldn't want to do? Um, it's a dystopian view because, you know ultimately, I think in, in this particular case it leads to, you know, a, a, a troubling ending. But in the case of of us, what what are we to think about virtual reality? Well, it's a promise, and it's also a curse. What do I mean? Well, it's a promise because in all the things that I've read about virtual reality, um, I think the one of the most foremost experts on virtual reality um, is. Uh, a guy an author an ac- he's a he's an academic he's a professor at, at, at stanford and his name is jeremy balenson and he wrote a book called vr experience on demand and he's the founding director of the virtual human interactive lab at stanford and he insists in his book that vr virtual reality is coming of age um, and there's new applications for it so it's promising what are the primary applications education you're going to learn by doing. And they call this embodied cognition, which is a fancy word for learning by doing, which is a good thing because you experiential learning is much more impactful than than traditional learning. So if you want to play with the material, and we do this at the Brief Lab, we do experiential learning. Our The majority of our exercises are, are learning by doing. We will have people experience successes and failures in communicating concepts and trimming and cutting the time and reorganizing but they, but they do it's not just a theoretical pursuit it's, it's actually a series of exercises that become more meaningful and this is good it's a good thing so VR right now is being presented as the future of education in some, in some circles so for example athletes are using VR and headsets these headsets what it looks like is imagine like um, a ski you know, like almost ski goggles but with a screen in front of you And then you've got, you put the headset on and you see this reality. So an athlete is in a moment that is virtual, but the brain thinks it's real. And he or she can go through the steps or the motions of an activity, throwing a baseball, um, playing football, or whatever the scene might be, and create or recreate what that would feel like in that moment of pressure. And it's a way of training. And they've done these educations of like how to survive an earthquake or what is it like to go to Mars? And these scenarios that the brain sees, as, as it sees, sees and feels that they're real. Well, why is this a curse? It's a curse because we can learn to live in information addiction. It's the, it becomes kind of the crack house. So if you watch this movie, Ready Player One, you kind of feel like that. It's, it, it feels like this. Like I'm leaving my world, which is harsh, and going to this virtual world, which is better. And that, for me, is troubling. And I think we need to recognize that this isn't a fad. This is coming. And what do I mean? So uh, there was an article written about how different experts predict virtual reality will, will come to play. And there's a quote by Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook that I think is pretty telling. Um. And he makes, he makes a comparison between virtual reality and traditional media, which I think is flawed. But here's what he said. He says, I think people tend to be worried about every new technology that comes along. Critics worry that if we spend time paying attention to that new kind of media or technology, instead of talking to each other, that it is somehow isolating. But humans are fundamentally social. So I think in reality, if a technology doesn't actually help us socially understand each other better, It isn't going to catch on and succeed. You could probably go all the way back to the first books. I bet people said, why should you read when you could talk to other people? The point of reading is that you get to deeply immerse yourself in a person's perspective, right? Same thing with newspapers, phones, or TVs. Soon it will be virtual reality, I bet. His argument is flawed. Books aren't addictive, they're interesting. TVs, phones, newspapers, are mildly addictive newspapers are hardly as addictive as tv or a phone smartphones are more addictive but the continuum of going from books to newspapers to tvs to smartphones and now to virtual reality is a continuum of addiction people are addicted to smartphones and the internet and to social media and virtual reality represents This promise and a curse of living in an addictive world and having that be the predominant source of information. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is education is going to be the gateway for making this part of our daily lives and our children's daily lives. So in the same way that kids go to school now with tablets and Chromebooks and whatnot and they learn on screens, we will be putting headsets on and and learning in virtual reality and learning to live in this addiction and not wanting to live in our own lives. It's funny, not funny, it's actually kind of sad that a number of executives in Silicon Valley who create software, which is fundamentally addictive, have their kids go to a prep school where they don't use screens and they use traditional means of learning. So there's a hypocrisy there. Um, And I think we need to recognize that this is not the same. This creates isolation. It creates serious addiction. And virtual reality is, specifically in this movie, kind of a dystopian glimpse of what this future looks like. And it's scary. It's really scary. But the promise will be that we'll use it to help our children learn better and learn faster and more effectively. And certainly there are moments where that will be the case. But can we resist the temptation of, not wanting to leave that virtual world and come back to our own. So what are what are some things that we need to think about? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, right now in the world we live in today, is to avoid the compulsive desire to keep up, to tune in. What do I mean? There's moments during the day where we are so, you know, so dialed into technology information and Instagram and in Snapchat and Facebook and texting and, the sources of all things in the palm of our hand ready access that we have a compulsive need desire to check all the time and we have to resist that there's a professor at Emerson College in Boston who said um, he kind of looked at this as kind of being like a buffet table of information where you can constantly be feeding yourself and you hear me talking about in this podcast about the consumption of useless information is kind of like eating Brain, it's like brain celery. You know, celery is this zero calorie where it takes as much energy to eat it as the calories that it has. Um, and use this information, constant information is kind of like that. You feel like you're eating. Your brain feels like you're, you're learning, but you're not. It, it's, it's, it's empty. And he said, quote, why not carve out a time to rest, to give the body and head a chance to calm down. Come to a place of balance where you can decide what's important to you. When you think about this compulsive, you know, constantly checking, avoid it. Avoid that desire. Um, it's there, it's just, you know, something that we need to you know, keep, keep, keep in check. I think the second thing we need to do is see it as a threat. Um, see the threat is, is more serious than the promise. So yeah, there might be information that I need, but a lot of it is information that I don't need. Yes, I could learn. But I, I also can become addicted and even more addicted to this information. So, I, I, yes, you can see it as an, a promise of education. Information can give you insight. It can lead to knowledge. But it also can lead to the useless consumption of information and really to addiction, to addictive behavior. And then finally, live in your, your world, not a virtual one, in these moments where we want to sort of feel this relief and this calming sensation that you know this dopamine release of checking information constantly yeah our world is good and bad um, there's noise but there also needs to be silence there's ups and there's downs and there's both and this is the reality that we live in that we need to be steeped in so live live in live in our world not wanting to find necessarily a new one so just wrapping up today's you know f- flat fast uh fast forwarding to the future that there's more information anxiety coming our way, that virtual reality is not a, a fad, but it, it will come and it will be serious. Um, and as that happens, you know, protect your brain, protect your perspective. Information certainly can be amazing and it is, but it also can be amazingly addictive and immersive where we can get lost in this, get lost in it. We don't wanna get lost in it. So the next time you feel the urge to check your technology for no apparent reason, step away, just saying.